Ace's the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello there, and welcome to Locked On Suns, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Kellen Olson, coming live from a landline. Well, not really a landline. I'm on the phone right now with Dave King on a phone call from brightsideofthesun.com. Eddie is out once again today, and we've had some technical difficulties, so the audio is coming in a bit rough today. We had to do some emergency issues here and try our last-ditch effort, really. A lot of technical issues today. Dave, how are you doing? I'm doing better than our phones are. <laughs> yeah, um, we usually use Skype, and then we had some other ways of going about Plan B, Plan C, and everything like that, and everything was falling through today, so... Apologies again for the audio, but at least we got the podcast episode out to you. So tonight, the Suns play the Lakers, Dave, and the talking point we wanted to have today really and focus of the episode is their approaches to the rebuild. What's your general take on it? Well, uh, my my general take on it is they got to back into a rebuild uh, while using the um, uh, the swan song of Kobe Bryant as their as their, you know, distracting agent, uh, while mm-hmm. the Suns tried to do a rebuild while winning games was their distracting agent and enticing Marquise Morris to, to make the Suns look like the worst managed team in the league. Um, so, I don't know, it depends on your outlook on who did a better rebuild, but they're both in about the same exact position uh, two to three years in. Yeah, if you look at their roster, it's actually scary, the similarities in terms of talent level, like uh, – for Devin Booker, there's a D'Angelo Russell. For Brandon Knight, there's Jordan Clarkson. For Alex Len as a draft disappointment, there's Julius Randle as a draft disappointment. And then, like, for the young, promising guys this future, or for, for the future, sorry, for this season uh, out of this draft, we've got Marquise Chris and Dragon Bender, of course, for the Suns, and then Brandon Ingram for the Lakers. And even if you go a bit further, you've got the uh, – players that their fans love more than anyone else like you know those types of players <laughs> where that's pretty much called the tj warren effect and it's known as the larry nance jr effect in Lakerland as well oh, no it's like a million times more for larry nance jr in oh, see, you're, i mean i was there side, you so were there too that. we were there at summer league we were yeah. um you guys weren't there quite yet you and owen weren't there quite yet but the first saturday night of summer league the lakers were in prime time in thomas and mack center and the entire arena was full to the upper deck of Laker fans. Yep. And I watched Larry Nance, sh- Larry Nance Jr. shoot an air ball, and his fans stood up and cheered because he took a shot. And then <laughs> when he raised his, his, his fists in, in triumph of them cheering for him, they cheered even louder. And yeah, then the when Larry, Zubac Larry. Got, Yes, and then when Zubach got um, a rebound at one point, they all I already knew how to yell "zoo" really loud. It's just unbelievable. I was I was there for the first game that Zubac played for the Lakers, and it took like he had this ninety second stretch where he grabbed an mm. offensive rebound, put it back, and then he got an and one another thirty seconds later, and then he had a block on the other end, and then 
That's all it took. They were in. They were yelling zoo <laughs> yeah. for the rest of the weekend and the rest of the week, and then they're going to yell that for the rest of his career. He's there. But Zubac is another one. The late, the second-round guy the fans are really high on. People are really high on Tyler Eulis, too. So it's going to be fascinating to see over the next couple of years where these teams go. No, exactly. You know, you've got um, – I think Danzel Russell does have a – um, sorry, Suns fans, but he does have a little bit higher ceiling if he reaches every maximum potential he's got than uh, Devin Booker does. Yeah. But given um, after their first year in the league, when both both players were kind of being um, tamped down by their coaches as rookies because Jeff Hornacek didn't play Booker a lot until he had to, um, Booker really emerged as, as more likely to get closer to his ceiling than D'Angelo Russell, I think. Yeah, it's a, Booker has certainly made up the most ground compared to, like, the draft last year. But Russell is, like, a very – he could be a very, very special player. While I think Booker is really exceeding expectations right now, Russell has looked like he's going to meet his so far with the way he played towards the end of last year once he started getting that playing time. And these two teams also, Dave, they're entering new eras with new coaches who are looking to really start the ground running – with their rebuild like both teams have been losing for a bit now and now is their time to start winning 30 35 games and start showing some real progress lakers have got luke walton sons have got earl watson yeah exactly and you know um you kind of get a feel for the kind of coach luke walton's going to be because you assume he's going to do a lot of stuff golden state did that doesn't mean he's as good a coach or a game planner as as anybody on the Golden State squad, it's just that he stepped in and he saw it work. And so uh, I think you are going to you're going to see them hope to be that kind of squad, and uh, that could be fun to watch for sure. Whereas um, Earl Watson's squad is going to be a lot more scrappy, a lot more physical. Uh, just about every coach after every preseason game so far has said the Suns were a lot more physical than they had expected them to be, and it was hard for their team to adjust. That is just preseason. A lot of preseason sleepwalk. A lot of teams sleepwalk through the preseason. Uh, so we'll see if that holds up during the regular season and whether that's, it'll be more like that uh, second Utah game where they put Utah on the line because the, the refs were calling fouls every second and uh, they put gave Utah 16 free throws in the first quarter alone uh, on pace for 60, which is crazy. Um, so I think uh, we it's yet to be seen exactly what kind of style the Suns are going to show this year, uh, whereas I think we can all predict how the Lakers are going to look. Whether either team uses those styles to win games is yet to be seen as well. Oh, absolutely. And we're talking about the game like that as well because we're not going to be able to see it. It's, I believe, the it's the only game the Suns have played this preseason, I believe, that is not going to be on some form of league pass, NBA TV, or anything uh, like there that. There was one other. I can't remember which one. It just couldn't be accessed even through uh, – you know, any kind of uh, internet. Service. Oh, yeah, that's right. There was one more. I'm just blanking on who it was against for some reason. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's going to end, though, because the season is coming up next week, of course. But still comparing the teams, I think the one guy that stands out in terms of one team has this guy and one doesn't is Eric Bledsoe. He's like the bona fide in-his-prime player right now that is near the all-star level. I'll say he's not there because – he, did, he has gotten hurt a lot. I'll be I'll back off my Eric Bledsoe Kool-Aid and the bandwagon I'm driving and yada, yada, yada. But <laughs> the Lakers don't have that guy. Right. Uh, the Lakers don't have that guy. They, you know, they've got some guys that are more like Brandon Knight than Eric Bledsoe, meaning they're great coming off the bench and Lou Williams and Nick Young. 
but neither team has the Bledsoe-type player who could be an all-star this year as a mid-career veteran. And, you know, Bledsoe's done exactly what I hoped he would do uh, next to Devin Booker, who's getting all the scoring opportunities now, is Bledsoe's doing everything else. And he was always better at everything else than he was at pure scoring. Uh, sure, he'll get all he'll get a lot of points at the free throw line and drawing fouls at the rim, but Bledsoe should not be looked at as your outside shooter. Now the Suns have Devin Booker, so Bledsoe can get his five six rebounds, five six assists, maybe six to eight assists a game, and and he'd be perfectly happy, I think, with thirteen points, you know, a game. And so I think this might be a really nice pairing between those two. How do you think the Suns handle him in terms of the future? Because he is. Uh, closer to 30 than most of these guys are. Brandon, yeah, he's an and, old 26. And, yeah. yeah, Eric Bledsoe is a very old 26. But let's say Chris Bender and uh, Booker all meet their career trajectories or whatever in like four or five years are starting to become really the bona fide players that they should be. Eric Bledsoe is on two knee surgeries at 30, 31 years old. How do you think the Suns handle that? Is that just looking far too, too far ahead or – uh, no, I don't think it's looking too far ahead. For one thing, if uh, the Suns' next core is going to include Devin Booker and Marquise Chris and Drake and Bender, they're going to be reaching winnable age less than four or five years from now. They're going to be mm-hmm. winning games on their talent in maybe next year or even potentially this year, but probably next year or the year after. Or they're not going to be the stars that everybody wants them to be, and they won't be the core of the next great Suns team. So if you shorten the trajectory into two to three years, um, Bledsoe is certainly still viable, um, but I, I would still conclude that Bledsoe is really not on the same age trajectory as them for the next 10 years, and if the Suns don't win 30 games this year and they're back in the, in the top half of the lottery, they might as well take a point guard. Yep. Yeah, there's going to be five or six oh point guards yep. that will be in the first 10 or 10, 12 picks. Yeah, this draft is loaded, and it's loaded with point guards, too. So who knows, really, what happens if Bledsoe gets hurt again. They maybe reevaluate him entirely in terms of even next year and the year after the one. Or or you sell high. Or they sell high. Or they sell high. Oh, man, we're talking about Eric Bledsoe trade rumors already. That's where we're at. No, 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 not already. I just mean in the next two to three years before these guys are ready to win. I I didn't mean rumors. Sorry, I just (laughs) should the Suns trade Eric Bledsoe discussion that we've been having seemingly since like six months after he got traded to the Suns. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, the other main difference between this team besides Eric Bledsoe is that the Lakers really went out and spent some money on veterans. They brought in Luol Deng. They brought in Timothy Mozgov. Mozgov was the one that seems like an overpay. But Luol Deng is, you know the player you're getting with Luol Deng, but the trouble is you need like an Eric Bledsoe type, which could be D'Angelo Russell this year, who knows, but you really do need that star player next to Luol Deng to really get the most out of him. Well, plus Luol Deng, is, uh, it's, he's somewhere between 31 and 33 right now without looking it up. Uh, he's mm. on the backside of his career. He's been brought in supposedly to be the good voice in the locker room like a Jared Dudley is for the Suns, although Deng will produce more. The problem that the Lakers have is even worse than the Dudley problem that the Suns have in that Deng's going to earn more minutes and be more productive. And guess who he's going to be playing ahead of? It's Brandon Ingram, mm-hmm. the number two pick in the draft. Whereas Dudley is not going to produce high enough to, to make Marquise Chris sit on the bench for any more minutes than he needs to because he's a rookie and he's fouling out. Um, so actually, you know, I think the Lakers overdid it on veterans, but, you know, that's their fan base will probably feel differently than I do. 
But uh, when you've got a veteran squad that includes not only Timothy Moskov and, and Lou Aldang and Lou Williams and Nick Young uh, and Jose Calderon and Metal World Peace and Marcelo Huertas and Yi Jianlin, I mean, all these guys, while uh, the last three might not be in the regular rotation, and probably I thought I read this morning Metal World Peace might become an assistant because everybody thought Metal World Peace would be a coach in the NBA, um, <laughs> that yeah. you might actually join their coaching staff instead of play. Uh-huh. Um, but the first five that I mentioned will be in their rotation, and that's even more than the Suns' old guys of, of four um, over 30s that are going to be in the rotation. So. I really think that uh, uh, both teams kind of went down the same road. and They're kind of splitting the baby on whether they want to win now or win later. They want to win enough to keep the fans happy, but win few enough to still get a high pick. So I'm not really sure where uh, either team is going to go, uh, and I think both of them you know, are going to midseason have to do something about their glut of age. Yeah, to play the other side of the fence, though, the Suns sort of have that type of player, like a Luol Deng or Timothy Mozgov in Tyson Chandler. But his role does fit in a bit better. He's a player that if Alex Len would have played much better last year, we could have seen a scenario where Tyson Chandler moved to the bench next year or even this year or something like that. The fit just seemed a bit better with Len, but, of course, Len struggled last year, so now Chandler is without a doubt the starter, not even really being challenged. Bylen, what's your take on Julius Randle so far in his career? Because he was a player that I rated very highly out of Kentucky and thought that he was a special blend of power on the inside, a bit undersized, but power on the inside. And then I thought he was actually going to be able to shoot, getting a look at him at Kentucky. And, of course, he has proved to be one of the worst shooting big men, really, in the NBA. Right, yeah. I think um... – the same thing that happened with Julius Randle is happening with Alex Lynn in that they come in with this just uh, treasure chest full of skills that you could yep. be great at. And it's almost endless for either one of them. Alex Lynn, if you look at him, he's got a great shot, but he shoots 25%, you know, um, you know, 35% or 25%. I think he's shooting 34% for the yep, preseason 34. as a 7-1 center, Alex Lynn. So, and Julius Randle is having the same kind of issues in that he's got all these skills, but he's turning out to be just a, he's got more stats than he does, uh, you know, ability to help win games. Um, so as far as Julius Randle, I think he's going to be a career rotation guy. He'll end up probably making a lot of money because there's always going to be a team who thinks they can get the most out of him. Uh, so he'll have a nice career, but he's not an anchor for uh, your next great Lakers squad. No, he was looked at uh, – that draft is just a really weird draft that he was in, but that was one where he was sometimes rated right alongside Andrew Wiggins or really in, like, the top three or four. So he sort of fell to his position. I believe it was number seven in the draft. And you're looking like that's still a guy who can be, like, a part of, like, your big three perhaps if you're looking, like, really big. You know, it is. Like looking that, back on it, it's kind of interesting. He did fall at the end, kind of like uh, Ben McNamore fell right before the draft, and I think uh, teams started seeing that maybe he didn't quite have the it that they were looking for. Um, you know, that... No, that, yeah, uh, there there is like that whole, there is that part of his game that I thought I was seeing when I watched him. I thought the Lakers got a steal when he fell to seven, but apparently I was very wrong, and whoever was skipping on him at like four, five, and six was very right. Yeah, right. So, so sometimes that turns out, and then other times you have Hashim Khabib, you know, who rises and and never should have, or Dion Waiters who rises and never should have. So it's all kind of a crapshoot at the draft time. 
I think he's still a very unfinished product as well. It's not he's not quite at the Alex Len stage yet. Remember he missed that whole season due to injury. Alex Len had those as well. But he's still got a long way to go in his career and there's a lot left for him to grow. So I'm not entirely ready to rule him out yet as that type of player. But I think him turning into like one of the best players in that draft class might be past us. I don't I don't know where the right sort of line is to draw with him yet. He is kind of a mystery, kind of like TJ is in a bit, right, with like we haven't seen enough of him and seen enough development where we're not really sure where they are. Oh, right, exactly. Uh, in fact, that that's kind of a good comparison is putting uh, TJ Warren and Julius Randle next to each other uh, because of the injuries that they've had and, and one fewer season. They both came out of the 2014 draft. So that's probably a good comparison. I just uh, was never personally a huge fan of uh, Julius Randle, so I guess I'm mm-hmm. not totally surprised he's not working out. Uh, so I would I would come to that conclusion sooner than some people, I guess. Yeah, definitely. All right, that'll do it for us this week. I hope you guys were able to bear with the audio levels from what I can tell. It sounds like a regular phone call, so hopefully it sounds all good to you guys. We really had to uh, go to our last-ditch effort here. But we will be back on Monday on the Clean Audio once again with Eddie House. Dave, thanks for filling in these past couple of days. All right, thank you for having me on. All right, guys, we'll talk to you Monday. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.